Hey, welcome to another episode of Everything NYC Podcast. Have you ever considered a career in product management? According to Glassdoor's top careers, product management is number 10 on the list. So this is one you definitely don't want to miss. Let's get into it. And over here at Everything NYC, we like to discuss different careers and passes you can take to obtain them. So today, let's get into this one. All right. Well, thank you for thank you for joining us. Thank you for being in the studio. Yeah. So let's get straight into the introduction. So could you give us uh, intro explaining your background um, and also your your journey to your current product management role. Cool, sounds good. Thanks for having me here. By the way, uh, hi guys, I'm Ricky. Uh, I graduated from Columbia undergrad uh, in 2019. Um, immediately after my uh, graduation, my first job was in fintech. I worked there for about three years, doing many different things. I started in uh, data, business intelligence, then I pivoted into product. And after three years, um, I decided to find another role, which was literally maybe like six months ago, uh, started looking for a job, uh, really did the whole interview process. And then, um, yeah, I landed a role at Ticketmaster. And right now I manage their uh, email marketing product. So if you guys have ever received an email from Ticketmaster saying, uh, hey, here are a bunch of shows happening next month, buy tickets here. They're probably using my email software to, to send that out. Mm-hmm. So you're the e- email marketing expert. I hope. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. And uh, originally, where are you from? I'm from Singapore originally. So I came here eight years ago uh, to study in the States. And uh, yeah, stayed ever since, having a ball. Oh, nice. And then where did you go for undergrad? Uh, Columbia University. Okay. And did you study like engineering? Uh, no, I, I was an econ major. So econ there's major. actually a very popular meme in tech where it's like those who can't engineer and those who can't design go into product management. Interesting. <laughs> okay. Okay. So that's that's interesting. So you didn't come from like a design um you know, education or engineering. Okay, so economics. Um, so could you tell us a little bit about the career path with product management, right? So did you start off in a, like a associate product management role? Is that how it works? Uh, no, so for me, I actually went into a very ge- generic business analyst role, which I'd say a lot of people, uh, I would encourage a lot of people to do that just because in a business analyst role, you'll be helping product managers. Uh, back then in my old job, I was helping product managers to measure metrics, to measure performance, build dashboards, and all these different things to track how the product was doing. And then eventually from data, I slowly pivoted into product. But yeah, like you said, there's so many different paths, right? There's like engineering, design, business analyst, data. There's so many different things you can do uh, to end up in in this space where it's um, there's no real formal college education for. Got you. And so what do product managers actually do? So um, for every uh, software company, everything you see on screen, like let's just say we log on to the Ticketmaster website, every that whole website is considered a product. So under concerts, is considered a product. Within uh, events, considered a product. And even like the ad space, that's considered one product. So every product is owned by a product manager. And his or her job is basically to, you know... Um, they like to call it like, oh, you're a CEO of a product. But the way I like to look at it is you're basically a director of the movie, right? Because everything on screen, you get to decide what goes on screen. And um, like, let's just say if Michael Bay was directing Transformers. He doesn't know how to do the actual CGI. He doesn't do the actual writing. He doesn't do so many different things. But he has this vision of what he wants to see on the big screen. And he works with these different people, these different teams to actually put that vision into reality. So same like product management. Let's just say, uh, you know, uh, Facebook. Mark Zuckerberg is the product manager of the whole Facebook. He imagines and have a vision of what he wants to see on screen. And then he works with all these different teams to make that happen. Like the brains. Yeah, pretty mm-hmm. much. 
So how is your team set up? Mm-hmm. So uh, in Ticketmaster, uh, there is the fan side and then there's a the client side. So for the fan side, they're selling uh, tickets to people like us, right? So on the fan side, uh, there are like the ticketing systems. There are like, you know, recommending artists, and all those different things. I work on the client side, whereby if, uh, let's just say if you're a Madison Square Garden and you're looking for, um, you know, uh, a central location where you want to get your shows to people, then you'll come to Ticketmaster saying, hey, you guys got all these fans. I want to try to reach out to those fans. And then we offer solutions uh, to those fans. So I'm on the client side. And within the client side, there are many different products. There's a pricing product that uh, you know has algorithms to come up with the best pricing. There is analytics products to show how your tickets are selling. And then I'm on the marketing side. So we have email marketing, CRM, SMS, so on and so forth. And is product management different within every company? Yeah, product management is very different in every company. The way it's structured is also very different, right? Like in some big companies, there's scrum masters. Just because in some companies, if you have 30 product managers and 30 products, you need somebody to project manage everything overall. But then some companies, they don't have too many products. They don't have scrum masters. They don't have uh, you know additional roles. So I think it really depends on the industry, depends on how many products you have. Um, so on and so forth. And what are the like the essential skills skills required to be a product manager? So uh, I think chief product officers and product directors who are interview you, interviewing you, they're really looking into your experience to see how much product sense you have. And that really comes with experience, right? So they want to see how much experience you have and how that uh, translate into your intuition. So that can mean anywhere specific skills like strategy, uh, how you manage different stakeholders, um, how you measure metrics, how you measure people's usage. Mm-hmm. So uh, one example here, if um, if Amazon <clears throat> instills a new instant buy button, you, a product manager needs to know how the instant buy button actually does, right? So a product manager mm-hmm. will actually go to management and say, okay, ever since we put the instant buy button, uh, you know, more like 20 more percent of people didn't go to the cart and then click this and then buy. Mm-hmm. They click instant buy and that made us $2 million this quarter. And therefore, this instant buy button is a success. So, uh, yeah. So, all these different things, I think mainly uh, when people are interviewing you, they're really looking forward to see your product sense and how you quantify certain decisions. Mm-hmm. So, you mentioned uh, experience, but how do you get into it without any experience? So, personally, without experience, I'd highly recommend either a business analyst route to get that experience. Or, uh, like, there are a lot of companies that do associate product manager uh, programs. So I think uh, Meta and Facebook has a very, very uh, good one yeah. whereby you come in as a fresh grad or you come in with just a few years of experience. You go in with a class of maybe like 10 people and then you jump around to different products to help different product managers and then they eventually place you. So I think that is one good way to to go in uh, straight out of college or just with, uh, you know, entry-level experience. Yeah, and what are, what are the expectations like when you first come in? What do they expect? Uh, within, like, as a product manager or, like, in, as an associate product manager? As, as a product manager. Oh, uh, what they expect. Uh, I think they really need you to, to be on top of your product. So, in my old job, I would say that uh, as a data analyst, my manager would come to me, hey, um, give me the stats, give me this, give me this. But as a product manager, my manager, every week, he's coming to me and asking me, okay, what are you doing this week? And then you got to tell him, oh, okay, I booked two client calls this week. Um, the purpose of the client calls is to do this. Oh, I'm actually tracking this this week. And the purpose here is to make X amount of money this quarter. So I think it's more like, um, it's more from moving from a worker mentality to more like a leadership mentality mm-hmm. and managing your own project. Immediately, yeah. And what, what impact have you made so far? 
Okay. <laughs> Being your come. So, uh, yeah. So, uh, in my group, I'm currently on a project right now uh, to merge multiple different products. Because I told you, right, within Ticketmaster, we've got CRM, email, SMS. So, we're in the process of merging all these uh, different products. And one of the projects that I'm working on is, I'm in product number two. There are a lot of product, uh, there are a lot of users in product number one who are merging towards this product. And product number two is a paid product. So, right now, I'm really thinking, how can I bring over these free users into product number two? slowly get them to use and get used to product number two and then start charging them and turning them into paid users. So I found this field of study called uh, product-led growth, which essentially uh, aims to grow customers within a product rather than going to sales, reaching out to random people and then converting them. Uh, Product-led growth really focuses on how to get people hooked to a product and then uh, turning them to paid customers. So uh, one of the things I'm doing is identifying key milestones within the product, right? So within the email sending experience, what do you have? You got to upload your contacts, you have to segment your contacts, and then you have to send an email, basically. There are a lot of like usage stats and all these things. They're not um, more like level two email marketing tools. So right now, I, I'm identifying the milestones. And what I'm trying to do is when the free users come over to my product, I want to track how they're using it. So... I can have a pop-up saying, hey, if you upload your contact list, we will give you 2,000 free emails. So a lot of people are like, hey, it's free. Why not? They upload their contacts, get the 2,000 uh, free emails. And then immediately after that, we will send an email uh, to them saying, hey, we noticed you upload your contacts. How about you segment and chop up your contacts? So we'll give you another 2,000 free emails. So at this point, it becomes more like a game, right? Yeah. You're uh, really enticing them and really let, letting them unlock free stuff as they go along. And then uh, once they send that email, we immediately have a sales team right behind us getting a notification saying, hey, they completed milestone one, two, three sales. Let's go to these guys and try to entice them to sign on for a year-long contract. Interesting. So as a bit of a background, companies utilize various revenue models. And the revenue models could be the marketing-led model, the sales-led model, and then you have product-led model, which has become extremely uh, important and popular uh, over the past few years because of extremely high acquisition costs, right? These customer acquisition costs have just gone through the roof. So companies now are relying more on the product-led growth as their main revenue model. So one company just wanted to throw out there is uh, Dropbox. So if anyone, if you sign into a free Dropbox account, you can start to, it's very easy to use for yourself or anyone that you share information with and you keep uploading your files and then there's going to you're going to reach a point where you reach the max and then Dropbox is going to reach out to you say all right well you've reached the max here are your options here are the paid options going forward and at that point you've already experienced the product you've come to enjoy the ease of use of the product and now you have a decision to make on to continue using the product, but as a paid consumer. Um, mm-hmm. So that is, and 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 it, and it works, and it works for a company like like Dropbox. Uh, so just getting back. So thank you for yeah. for that. Yeah. And one thing I like to mention, it's also like a statistics game, right? Everybody who come in as a free user, so let's just say a hundred people, maybe eighty percent of them will go to milestone one. Then maybe eighty percent of that will go to milestone two. Then fifty percent of that will end up at the at the end. So I think a, a job as product manager is maybe out of 100 people, 20 people actually sign up. Your job is to actually go down that sales funnel or go down that product funnel to see who is close or who can be convinced 
and really push them to that paid side. So uh, that's another role of the product manager, I'd say. Okay, so suppose we have a new candidate that comes through the door and he has an interview coming up. How can he prepare? How can they prepare for the interview process? Yeah, so uh, one tip I have is to be over-prepared. So right now, I would say um, there's a reason why the top maybe 15% of candidates are getting 75% of the offers, uh, available off offers out there in the market. So you really want to be in the top uh, 15 to 20% uh, of those candidates. And the only way to do it is be over-prepared. So last year, uh, when I was recruiting, I was doing the whole recruiting thing. I was studying super hard for like at least a good six months on top of my regular work, you know. So, uh, you know, I first got a career coach to ATS optimize my resume because if you apply to a firm like Google, if they're getting 300, 400 applications a day, yeah. a human HR is not going to look at 300 resumes. He actually goes through an HR system that scans for keywords and then picks maybe like 10% and then a human will go look. So first, I got a career coach to ATS optimize that resume to maximize the number of first-round interviews that I was going to get. Um, and then uh, I worked out uh, 15 standard uh, product management questions and carved my answers around those 15 uh, questions. Mm -hmm. And then I got the breaking into the PM interview guidebook to see what kind of questions and what kind of things people were uh, looking for. And then uh, I went into like different file repositories of my old company to really study everything down to a specific product that uh, I really like. And then the last thing was join Facebook communities, LinkedIn communities with other product managers to do case studies. Because very common these days are case studies. Like literally one question, one popular question is, uh, okay, you're interviewing for Uber. Uber wants you to create an app for, um, you know, the blind how would you go about creating these apps and what are the first three features you'll build? So that really comes with practice and uh, you know, sitting down with other product managers, really working through weeks and weeks of this to really uh, brush up that product sense. And I like the fact that you, you made an investment. Yeah. Right? You made <laughs> yeah. an investment and you, you purchased the time of a, uh, of a career coach to, mm -hmm. to help you out with this, right? You didn't just like, this wasn't just like a random thing for you. <laughs> yeah. uh, you, you made an investment and then you, you asked other people, mm -hmm. right? I think that's, that's, that's the key right there, right? Don't go in there alone. Yeah. Like ask other people that have already gone through the process. Yeah. Makes it I think one thing I would like to mention also is um, it's very popular in finance or tech for people to reach out to you on LinkedIn or people, you reach out to people on LinkedIn say, hey, I really, uh, you know, really see a career in your role. Can you talk to me? And so many people are so happy to you just share with you. Yeah. yeah, I think one of the best things is uh, talking to people in the company and literally asking them, okay, so the first round interview, what did they ask you? And, and they'll literally tell you because like they want you to succeed. You know? yeah. mm -hmm. So for aspiring product managers without any experience, do you recommend like boot camps and general assembly? So personally, I've never taken a bootcamp before, uh, but I took two product management courses, uh, you know, in the whole interview uh, process, right? But to really brush up those uh, fundamentals and advanced metrics, strategy, so on and so forth. Uh, but one thing I would really recommend alongside a bootcamp, I think the most important thing is to get involved in building a product uh, for whatever company you're working for. So if you're in tech, you probably have those opportunities available. In other industries, maybe a little bit less. But I think... Um, once again, the first round interview is really the hardest to get. So investing in a bootcamp and having those fundamentals is great. But being able to um, structure your resume in a way 
whereby you say like, okay, I've built this product. These are my specific contributions. That's going to land you that first round. And once you get that first round, then you can show your fundamentals and your understanding of product management. But that first round interview, it's, it's really the hardest part, unfortunately. So what's the biggest challenge you're facing right now within that industry and like how are you solving it? Okay. So I think um, as for as PMs everywhere, right, they will tell you that priorities, uh, prioritization is, is the biggest challenge everywhere, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody has limited capacities. People always need more engineers and everybody wants something yesterday. Mm-hmm. So as a product manager, it's really how, how you're able to choose which one you want to do. So I'm an avid poker player. I love poker a lot. <laughs> and I'm an avid crypto trader. I love crypto a lot. So it's a lot of uh, measuring risk to reward, right? Every action you take, has an X probability of succeeding and there's an X probability of failing. So if you've got five things you want to build this quarter, you as a product manager, you have to go to senior management and say, I want to build one and two. And senior management, at the end of the quarter, they're going to be like, hey, one worked, two didn't work. What's your answer? And you have to tell, you know, just explain to senior management, all right, three, four, five, yada, yada, yada. That's why you don't build it. When we decided to build number two, we already highlighted these are the risks and out of the three risks, we hit one of them, but here's the solution. So really identifying the best course of action, committing, knowing that it might fail and when it fails, how are you going to mitigate that? Mm-hmm. And how, do you, how, how would you measure success? How is success measured? So success uh, of your career as a PM is directly correlated to the impact that you're making, right? So if your product is successful, you become successful. And if your product sucks, you're probably a sucky product manager. Uh, so if you go back to like product management, uh, rigor and philosophy, there's so many different metrics like, you know, how much revenue your product is making, how many monthly active users you guys have, new users are quiet, but all those. So as a PM, you really want to document your impact. So if, example, um, sorry. So example, uh, because there was no PM for my product over the past six months, there were a lot of revenue opportunities not identified. And obviously my manager, he's managing different, a lot of different products. He doesn't have time to go individually to the detail, right? So I'm running a few projects right now on how we can better track people actually overusing the platform. Mm-hmm. Once again, when there's no PM, there's some people overusing the platform, but nobody is really tracking that. But with me running this initiative, we can actually, uh, every quarter, go down to see individual users how much they're using, how much they're supposed to use, and if they're not using, uh, sorry, if they're using a little bit more, how can we charge them and literally track them on an Excel spreadsheet? So hopefully at the end of the year when uh, performance review comes, um, I can actually go up to man- my manager and say, hey, before I was here, we weren't making this much. When I was here, Q2, we made this. Q3, we made this. Q3, we made this. So I think um, being successful is one thing, but really documenting your success and showing people that in numbers, is uh, pivotal. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we live in a world of technology. So how would you, how will chat GPT change, change product management for the future? And can you define it for the people that don't know what it is? Okay. <clears throat> yeah, so um, chat GPT is basically a text model, right? An AI text model um, that has X amount of years or information of data that it has learned. So basically, um, if anybody uh, is not familiar with ChatGPT, you basically go onto the platform, you ask it a question, and it literally answers anything you want. So I'm not an AI expert, but that's the best way I I can uh, explain it. And uh, I think there are three things right here. So from a personal like workflow perspective, I think uh, people are going to be way more efficient, and they're going to produce more output. 
for every X hours of work that you spend, right? Um, second thing is from a career path perspective. Uh, what I'm hearing everybody uh, who has a job right now is the rumor is if your job doesn't have a face-to-face interaction, you probably should try to invest in some human element because in the future, it's like, like let's just say in the old days, people, traders would go on Wall Street and uh, New York Stock Exchange. Mm-hmm. They will scream over a phone like, okay, I want to buy this stock for a dollar. By the time they write the ticket, they go to the broker, it's going to be like $1.25. They already lost that price. You know what I mean? But if you use an AI model, they can literally trade in a second and they can get the prices so accurate. So those drops, I think, will be a lot less humans doing it. But every other job with at least human interaction will survive. So I think from a career path perspective, I think people should be looking for that. Uh, and lastly, from a product perspective, I just saw the amount of uh, plugins that ChatGBT actually offers to third-party softwares. And I think um, every single software out there will have some form of AI or language model. So uh, in my platform, uh, we actually have third-party providers already offering us, hey, we have a language model that helps your platform do this, this, this. Do you want to take a look? Mm. So in every single software product, you're going to see this and it's going to be a part of every product. It's... Um, from a career's perspective, is either uh, you understand it and make use of it or or not. <laughs> gotcha. And I know you collaborate with other teams such as uh, UX, um, engineering. So could you talk a little bit about that collaboration and do the uh, leadership skills that are uh, required? Okay. Yeah, so with uh, regards to product management, once again, I did mention you're basically a director of the whole movie, right? But once again... Uh, Michael Bay doesn't know how to do CGI. He doesn't write great scripts, but he works with these different teams. So same thing, right? Uh, Working with legal, working with UX, working with engineers to uh, build these different features out. So uh, with that being said, um, sorry. So one example here, I would say, uh, I recently just asked my designer uh, to create a light version of our email product. Because remember, I did mention uh, there's another product with non-pay users. And there's a, uh, my product that's paid. So I asked my designer to actually build a light version for the non-paid users to come in, have a feel of it, and hopefully get hooked to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what I told her is what I want is, uh, yo, give me three available, these three available modules that news users want to play around with. And then I want to lock the other modules, lock the other modules up and blur them out. So my rationale here is if people see three modules, they think it's interesting, and they see the other, the blur there, They'll think, hey, you know, this, this is interesting. I want to find out more, you know? So, you know, I gave, I, I told her that, yo, I want to do that. And what she did was, um, she actually gave me the three modules. She gave me a blur, but on an addition, she actually put, unlock the full pet potential of email marketing, click here. And then when you click the button, it leads you to, uh, you know, an account manager. That account manager will schedule a demo with you, or you can use something like a third-party app like Calendly, where people will go onto a calendar to see where the webinar slots are, sign up for a webinar, and then they can be introduced to a free demo of the product. So this was one example of a product manager, like me wanting something, telling my designer, hey, I want to do this, this is the rationale. But a lot of times, they're the experts of design, engineering, this and that. They'll offer you something more. And uh, it's your job to say, hey, this is great. Let's use it. Or you know what? Maybe, maybe you can save that for another day. So uh, really, really um, being able to know what you want, but also being able to trust the experts in what they're doing to offer the additional bit more. Mm-hmm. Okay. And is there anything you know now that you wish you would have known in the beginning of your journey? 
Yeah. <laughs> so uh, for me, I went to public school in Singapore all my life. Okay. Um, you know, I didn't want to go to that traditional, uh, you know, go to college, study business, be a banker. Da, 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 da. You know, what I mean, a traditional route. So um, <clears throat> after high school, I went to theater school when I was in my teens. I was an actor for a little bit back home. And then I got accepted to a small college in Marymount, Manhattan. It's on the Upper East Side of Manhattan. Mm -hmm. And then after a year and a half, I transferred to Columbia. So back then, I did not uh, land into banking or consulting like everybody else. So, uh, you know, I landed in tech. And now I got the best job ever, right? I, I believe. Yeah, so I run my own product. I work anywhere I want in the world. And I live very comfortably in uh, New York City, Manhattan. So I recently just gave a career fair talk in my uh, first college, Marymount Manhattan, last Thursday. And um, yeah, I'm thinking the first day, like when I walked through those doors again, I was thinking, oh, the first day I walked through Marymount, I had no idea I would be here like today sitting down with you guys yeah, and, and talking it. about my career. So uh, my old job, um, I felt like I wasn't totally fulfilled. But I aim high. I look at available jobs in tech and really stick to people within that company to really learn from them. And then identify the steps of how to get to this career path that I want and really freaking put in the work <laughs> to get there, you know? <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So if, if um, you know, anybody's looking for career advice, I would revert to this one advice, right? Really aim high. Identify the steps you need to take and then put in the work. There's one thing saying, oh, I want to do this and just thinking about it or just sitting at home and, you know, applying for jobs. But there's so much more you could be doing, right? So as long as you keep talking to people, keep finding new ways of what you can do more, uh, that will really maximize your chances. And then after that, it's really to uh, ace those interviews uh, to be that top 15, 20% of candidates that apply to jobs out there. Okay. And you said, and one question they're going to ask us, they're going to DM us and ask us, because you said you live in Lower East Side, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and how long you said you've been doing it? How long you been doing this? Uh, product management or Lower East Side? No, product management. Oh, product management. Um, so I was in product in my old company for about maybe like nine months. Mm -hmm. And then now I'm about six months. So maybe okay. like slightly above a year. Okay, that's perfect. So if somebody's <laughs> starting off, the main thing they're going to ask us is, you know, what that money looking like? What's, what's the salary? Oh. Like, because like, they, they're gonna look at they're gonna look at your wrist and wonder how much money oh. can you make. They're gonna, they're gonna see that the cameras walk getting it real good right yeah. now. Yeah. So what's the salary they they can expect? So uh, I came in with three years of experience, mm -hmm. and that would range depending on companies. I mean, big tech they pay more, and you know, startups they pay less. But uh, their range is gonna look anywhere from one thirty five to one sixty. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, with somebody with uh, two three years of experience. And then, um, yeah, as you go up, as you go up a little bit higher. So here's the hierarchy, right? So with two, three years experience, you're like a first product manager or like senior product manager. That's like 135 to 160. Uh, my next step of my career in two, three years, I intend to be a group product manager or a principal product manager. So at that point, you're not only managing one product, you're overlooking building out two, three products at once. And a lot of times people under you to build those products out. So if you're managing two, three products at once, at once as a group product manager, big tech will pay you anywhere from, I think, 220 base mm. to 250 base. And then with stock options, it can go anywhere to like 280, 300. And then one step above that is the director. So in about six years, the director role is not only overlooking building two, three products at once, but overlooking uh, building two, three business divisions at once mm -hmm. and within the business divisions you have your group product managers and then those group product managers will manage 
uh, product managers. So that will range at like in big tech, that will range anywhere from I would say like four five to five fifty, and then after that, uh, you go to like E seven E eight. That goes anywhere above, and then uh, as a chief product officer, um, a lot of people don't start as a chief product officer in like Meta. They'll take a shot at uh, being a chief product officer in managing like a startup. And then if that startup, uh, you get a lot of equity and the startup becomes successful, that's when you become like really big. But that's a risk, right? Because if you want to manage uh, products in a startup, it might fail, it might succeed. So it really is buying a lottery ticket at that point, I think. No risk, no reward. That's, that's, that's my motto. And, mm-hmm. and do you have any final advice for any aspiring product managers? Because that salary alone is, is I'm pretty sure a lot of people are going to be convinced just yeah. the salary alone. <laughs> yeah. That's so, uh, yeah, like I mentioned earlier on, right? Like, um, in order to to land in a competitive uh in a job that's like super competitive and popular, the interview process is going to be rough. So, like I mentioned, all the steps I mentioned, I took uh getting a career coach, getting career courses, uh you know case studies, all those different things. Right, you really need to put in the work and put in the hours. And the thing is, doing that on top of your regular job is uh applying for jobs and studying is is a job on its own. You know, so to really like sacrifice for those couple of months. Is super important. And I would say that right now I have such a deep appreciation for product management because I put in the work. If I got a job that's like super easy to me, I wouldn't be talking about it as passionately as I am now. It's because I put in the blood, sweat, and tears. I got in so many rejections. And I would like to say, right, that um, I actually, before Ticketmaster, I got uh, two other offers, but then uh, I, d- I declined one and I took one. But because of like visa reasons, that fell through. So you could tell how heartbreaking it was, you know. Just like putting in so much work and I called my parents like, yo, I got this job that I've been working hard for and then it it fell through. Um, Yeah, it's going to be a a lot of pain, but you got to persevere and and, and put in the work. Yeah, that's true. I agree. I agree with that. All right. Well, hey, thank you. Thank you for for, for joining us today in the studio. Um, I learned a few things. Uh, and I know you did as well. And we really wanted to get you here because product management is hot. Uh, you go on LinkedIn, you see thousands of job openings in product management. But this was good to get the inside tips on how to stand out um, and how to eventually break in. And companies need product managers, whether you're thinking about Capital One and JP Morgan Chase to, to GE to Google and Metas, right? So there are various industries, but they need product managers. And these product managers are going to be doing various uh, interesting uh, tasks uh, throughout their days. So we're going to place some information in the description, uh, some additional information about the career that you can always check out. And that's it. Thank you for joining us on another episode here of Everything NYC Podcast. Stay tuned for more content. And don't forget to like, comment, subscribe. Thanks. Thank you. God bless.